0: two-party podcast we use anchor because it's such an easy platform to uh, get get advertising and sponsors over a variety of different areas where you can get your podcast heard on different platforms Uh, it's easy to upload it's easy to add content it's easy to delete and edit um, it's just a very simple platform, helps you get your get off the ground, kind of help you get your podcast moving forward um, and simplifies a lot of things in the business that, that typically you wouldn't know and you'd have to learn. So it, it does help with the learning curve. So we, we really appreciate and use Anchor uh, as well as, as many other platforms we've tried. Anchor seems to be the easiest. Good morning, everybody. This is Dean from the Two Party Podcast. I uh, just wanted to discuss a few topics today. Uh, we had we've done a little intro promo for uh, some cannabis talk. We've got the, the historic house vote to legalize marijuana expected this month. Uh, I believe it's September 21st they're talking. Uh, that's, that's pretty huge for those of you in the uh, marijuana or medical marijuana industry. Uh, it says here we, we're looking at doing what's called the MORE Act. And what that entails, uh, the more I look at it, uh, we're looking at, uh, HR 3884, the more act, the more act is the most potent legalization bill on Capitol Hill. It strikes marijuana from the notorious list of dangerous drugs in the controlled substance act, uh, federal tax would dedicate 5% of legal sales to a trust fund for post drug war reconstruction. Senate's reductions, expungements, small business loans, and more. Uh, Senator Kamala Harris, the Democratic Vice President nominee and a former District Attorney and State Attorney General, is the lead sponsor on the Moore Act uh, in the Senate. So Representative Jerry Nadler leads the Mirror Bill in the House. Nadler chairs the House Judicial Committee, which approved the Moore Act last November so what would the more act do you ask so i'm reading uh theleafly.com uh just to give them the the heads up on the citations here i'm kind of reading through an article here as we're recording in the studio i just wanted to kind of give some updates so the more act would replace all statutory references to marijuana with cannabis it would require the late the bureau of labor statistics to regularly publish demographic data on cannabis business owners and employees it would establish a trust fund to support various programs and services for individuals and businesses and communities impacted by the war on drugs it would impose five percent federal tax on cannabis products with revenue to be deposited into a trust fund dedicated to repairing the damage of the war on drugs it would also make small business administration loans available and services available to entities that are legitimate cannabis related businesses and or service providers. Uh, It would prohibit the denial of federal public benefits to any person on the basis of certain cannabis related conduct or convictions. Uh, It would also provide the denial of benefits and protections under immigration laws on the basis of cannabis related event, conduct, or a conviction. It would also so I guess that would, that would fall into put basically pulling back some of the people that may have got drug charges as an immigrant in our nation and got sent back to their country that could potentially lift that and eradicate er, erase that conviction. Uh, thus, opening the door for those people to come back and try to get their citizenship uh, finalized so a st- it would also establish a process to expunge convictions and conduct sentencing review hearings related to federal cannabis offenses. Uh, so interesting enough, uh, this is one of the topics I've been trying to uh, trying to get to. Uh, we've had a lot of a lot of uh, guests lined up, and, and we've been booking a lot of guests for future episodes. So I've been busy in the studio here, kind of working on some things. But I try to keep up with the current events. I try to keep up with stuff like this that I know interests our audience. Uh, we have a lot of supporters from the medical marijuana uh, industry, not just from Oklahoma. We have a few in Colorado, California, Oregon, Washington. Uh, I have some friends of my own personal friends back in uh, Florida as well uh, that hopefully is out there supporting us and getting the two-party podcast uh, the word spread. Uh, we want to discuss more of these issues. Um, I just thought this would was a good highlight because this is uh, this is really uh, an outstanding bill if you look at it. Uh, no matter which side of the aisle you're on and how you feel, unless you're just completely anti, Uh, marijuana or anti you know against ending the war on drugs for some reason or another uh, this is really a good bill Um, looking from either side uh, I don't see any reason why it wouldn't obviously pass in the House Uh, I can see it not passing in the Senate uh, which you know unfortunately kind of hinders you know unfortunately that's going to hinder a few things with the bill but at least it getting a vote starts that's a start somewhere this could potentially end up helping also the industry as far as hemp, um, industrial industry. Uh, it, it's very interesting. Uh, we know president Trump signal, his support for the, the, for the much milder States to act. Uh, he also said uh, in a competing measure that, that would allow, he, he would allow the States to carve out their own cannabis exemptions to the controlled substance act, which is something, uh, basically the controlled substance act would, Re- repealing that and getting, getting rescheduling cannabis and marijuana, as I understand it, would be the solution to lifting the restrictions. It would also help legalize. Each state would have it, it would kind of tear away a lot of red tape for legal the the legal uh, teams for states and local governments uh, because basically once you remove it from that schedule that you that the wording and the, the, the submitting these bills and legislation and ordinances, it kind of gets a little easier when you're not tiptoeing around a federal uh, uh, controlled substance act so the president has also repealed the obama era legalization policies which some can say good some can say bad Uh, i think that was kind of the foundation of removing those things is kind of the foundation of setting up getting this to move forward for for the people trying to get it to pass. So it says like the Cole Memo used antitrust investigations to harass state legal cannabis companies. Uh, he uh, it, the, the Obama uh, era legalization policies also lauded overseas dictators for using the death penalty for drug crimes. Um, legalization has foes on the left as well. So what we're hearing is, you know, on both sides uh, of the aisle, we, we've got people that see this as a good thing. You see people uh, talk about it as a bad thing. Uh, my personal experience, uh, boy, I could dive deep into this subject uh, and probably will on a future episode, but just to touch base, uh, uh, I, I for many years uh, was pro-cannabis, uh, still, still am pro-cannabis, um, not, not to denounce or you know, knock the, the, the cannabis industry. I think the cannabis industry has come a long way. I think they've done really good in legalization statewise. wise uh, We see some of these states with successful programs that, that benefit the economy of their states. Uh, their local communities. You see a lot of these uh, dispensary owners, growers, uh, processors doing a lot to contribute back to not just line their pockets, but do a lot to give back to the communities that they're working in uh, and the states that they're working in. Um, You hear a lot of the, you know, the the cannabis industry being a green industry, not just because of the plant, but because it it brings in a lot of cash up front, because most of these states that are able to do what they can do, it has to go in as a cash industry. Uh, A lot of people making some money on that not a lot of taxes getting paid on on the startups Uh, don't 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 take that the wrong way it's a lot of people do but you know there's a lot of uh, a lot of wiggle room there and loopholes I guess you could say and I'm not I am NOT pro tax so that being said uh, my outlook on things now is from a business perspective you know I don't I don't smoke I don't I don't do cannabis anymore uh, used to uh have no have no qualms with anybody that uses cannabis medically uh even recreationally that's your choice i'm I'm big you hear me talk about it all the time on the two-party podcast we are huge on freedom i, I love the f-word gonna say it i love the f-word uh freedom i believe is is our our number one reason why we're american i, I believe that's the number one reason why us as americans stand here stay here in this nation i I think that's the number one reason why people want to be in this nation and want to come and be an american and or just come to america uh we have freedoms and and things we can do in this nation and country that you can't do anywhere else uh but the fact remains that there are some just like anything there are some good and bad uh to, to any industry and uh you have the potential, when, when these programs get regulated, California seems to be one of the highest regulated cannabis programs. They're kind of the highest regulated everything program, uh, in my opinion. Uh, Colorado's got a great program. It's it's regulated, obviously. It was kind of a startup, I guess you could say. Uh, Oregon and Washington, kind of the same thing. Uh, they, they regulate quite a bit. Uh, there's a lot of money that goes, get kicks back to the government before you can get up off the ground with your, your business. but. Um, I think California probably stands out from from being that and and unfortunately that pushes people into the black market Uh, so they're going to still sell under the table and not be legal and unfortunately what that does for the industry is you have a lot of growers that get a bad rap for people that aren't pro-cannabis, pro-medical marijuana. You have a lot of people that are growing legally, even uh, being regulated, that really aren't keeping up standards. And you know it's hard growing up old school like me. Uh, you think of standards, and uh, I look back at regs and swag, and anybody that knows the industry knows that what those terms—the old regs that you'd get and that just compressed, mildewed, moldy crap in a bag—and uh oh boy, those were the days. And you'd get a good batch of regs or a good batch of what, what mids uh it was was hilarious. You know, you'd get some skunky-smelling mids and. Boy, that was that was the ticket before, you know, everybody got kind of wise on the growing and indoor and and the quality went up. Uh, but even then, even when the quality went up, you never knew where you were getting it. You didn't know the chemicals that were in it. You didn't know if it was actually uh, flushed and leached out at the end of each crop to make sure that you're you're at the very least pulling or stripping the plant of the mo- most Uh, Of the chemical traces that are in it from the fertilizers and the things used to grow Uh, the environment's a huge thing Uh, You can grow a grow a crop in the middle of a moldy ass room and and let's be real People are going to smoke that Uh, How healthy is that so there's a little a few things obviously that I can agree and disagree with being in the industry I did grow for many years not legally uh, but but grew some great quality product. Uh, there's many people that know me that, that could stand up and vouch for that. Uh, but that being said, uh, my experience in the industry and growing probably about 12 years worth. Uh, back then we, we really did even on the level we did it. We took some some serious uh, standards, I guess, uh, to make our product what it was, which is why it was in demand, which is why people wanted it, which is why we had return customers that just loved purchasing and or uh i guess enjoying our product uh sharing our product trading our product uh it was you know what we produced was of a higher quality it was all kept nice we didn't we didn't keep it if it if the batch was bad if we got white flies or bugs or uh, chemicals got on the plant or the bud or it wasn't flushed in time we tossed that stuff uh whereas a lot of people would you know they didn't want to lose their profit or their money and they they'd grow it out bag it and sell it to somebody you know some sucker would smoke it um but that falls back into the legal game too you have a lot of people they invest a lot of money and time into this and they think oh i'm just going to jump in the cannabis industry i'm going to do it it's just growing plants how hard is it and they do it but there's a lot of this stuff that maybe a lot of us potheads from back in the day know uh that these people aren't taking time to handle uh they're not they're not addressing it they're not taking it as, as serious as maybe some of the connoisseurs would uh so that being said Uh, It's very, very. It'll be very interesting to see how each state takes if this passes and repeals. uh, It would be very interesting to see how some states can handle uh, can handle this uh, industry. A lot of states have already set the set the platform for it. Uh, They already have the schematic, the blueprint, I guess you could say. Um, But cannabis uh, in itself, it's harmless Uh, as far as I'm concerned. My personal opinion. Does it cause problems Is you know, you hear about these dispensaries getting broken into people robbing them. Uh, well, I, I heard a, just recently speaking with, I believe it was Paul Tay and uh, on one of the interviews we did with him and a couple other people I've discussed with is you do have in Oklahoma right now, you still have a cash industry. Um, you have a lot of these dispensaries uh, that, that don't exactly have the option to go to a bank. And so they do keep a lot of cash on hand. Uh, whether it be on site in a safe or they go to take that money and take a drop to their house, they're safe or wherever they stash their money. Uh, that's their business. However, that does potentially lead to these where you hear a lot about these dispensaries getting broken into and robbing and and uh, people casing them, trying to figure out, you know, what the what the routine is. So kind of a scary situation overall. But, you know, for what everybody says, it's a harmless plan. It's a harmless, you know, pot's harmless. Well, it does affect other people. It does affect things. So until we can get this controlled substance act lifted, until we can get this, uh, I guess this, this act itself, the more act passed, um, it's still limiting us being able to have safety precautions in in place and help businesses run as a business being taxed as they should be being able to put money in the bank, run credit cards at dispensaries here in Oklahoma, anyhow. And, uh, it, it makes it difficult. There is a few that, that, are able to do that. They have an option to do that. But then you look back. There's also some insurance issues. I mean, you can't as a cannabis business. From what I understand, a lot of people aren't able to get good insurance for the business. So when you get broken into, you get robbed. Uh, you're out of luck. Uh, is what I'm hearing from a lot of people. Um, so that's that's just one thing to look at. Uh, it, those are just some of the bad things, I guess. Some of the cons. Uh, some of the pros are, you know, again, it's it's money in the money in the community. It's money in the. Uh, it helps your local economy uh you're providing no matter how you look at it you're providing jobs there, i i know from my experience back growing there is no person very rarely are you going to have one person that's going to run an entire grow operation unless it's you know in their bedroom or a little tiny room doing you know 20 30 plants uh it's possible for one person to kind of manage that but when it comes to the the harvest and trimming and keeping up with the plants that way uh you're going to need help you're going to have to recruit a friend or somebody you trust to help with that aspect of things Um, but on the legal end of it uh, as a business you're gonna have to hire employees Uh, if you're whether you're running a growing operation where you're watering fertilizing checking plants pulling leaves uh, maintaining the crop all the way down to the harvest where you're trimming you're gonna need help Uh, if you're if you're growing a hundred plus plants uh, you're not gonna be able to trim all those yourself Uh, people don't realize just how tedious it is uh, and time-consuming to just trim bud all day and, and it's fun and you know for people that haven't done it uh, it's kind of a new experience it's kind of neat uh, I we used to we used to enjoy it and have fun and get some friends together and, and, and just laugh about you know have jokes and and uh, just just have fun doing it but uh, for people that have done it for years and, and actually have experience doing it uh, it gets old you know you want to hire people to do that you have better things to do with your time if you're a business owner uh, but it does help provide jobs in the, in your local community that way, as well as if you own a dispensary, uh, you need employees to run that dispensary. You can't always be there and just run it yourself. Uh, or if you can, kudos to you. Uh, but there's other aspects that, that you can really expand on. Uh, processing, same thing. Uh, processing, you could probably do with a, a good two, four-party team of employees. But, you know, that that still creates jobs. Uh, you're still helping build your, your local community. So there's a lot of pros uh, the amount of money, and I, I am not looking at it, it's not in front of me, but the amount of money that the, can- the medical marijuana cannabis program has provided for Oklahoma just since it was legalized in this state as a medical program is astounding in the millions. It's astounding uh, the money that's been uh, been brought in by these uh, businesses to help the industry. In Tulsa, and I'm I'm kind of looking it up right now. I'm sorry. Uh, just thought I would Google it real quick. So we're looking just Tulsa County where I'm at locally. Uh, I, I think the number I'm seeing right here, medical marijuana generated. Now this article is from 2019, so we're we're a little ways back. We're not up to date on my my information here. Uh, I'm just clicking on the first thing I saw. Uh, we're looking at medical marijuana generated more than $34.5 million in tax revenue just through the end of September. Uh, patient licenses now exceed 200000 far above the initial projections of 80000 uh, in the medical ma- marijuana program in Oklahoma. So, I mean, how can this not help your state? How can this not help your local community? How can this not provide jobs? Uh, it's kind of my take on it, uh, these days, but the way I am, uh, again, I don't smoke, I don't use marijuana uh, medically and or other. I do hold a card. I do have, I do have my medical marijuana license. My doctor felt that would be the great thing for me to have as a tool in the future from many ailments, pain and things I've suffered from. So I do have a card. I, I, you know, uh, I am pro marijuana as far as the industry goes. Uh, I support those that need it. I support those that, that, uh, Positively given input into it. Um, That being said, uh, I know that one of the big topics we've heard lately in Oklahoma, anyhow, is about legalizing recreational. Uh, I think that's been a big topic. And I think a lot of a lot of the people that helped get 788 passed and, and the medical marijuana side of things in Oklahoma. Uh, and I'm going to throw Ron Durbin's name out there as the, the the lead attorney that that I know. I don't know any other. I'll be honest, other than the people that help him, I don't know any other attorneys or names or people that have fought harder and stronger for the medical marijuana industry in Oklahoma. Uh, maybe not even just Oklahoma. I'd say Ron probably does pretty good with his contacts and networking that we don't see in the in, behind the scenes with with other other industries. But I know in my state and here in Oklahoma and Tulsa, especially uh, that is as far as I'm concerned, any business, if you need the go to, or you need an attorney, or you need someone to help get your business off the ground the go to is Ron Durbin. Uh, And, and I have listened to the guy on every point and different points and not just the medical marijuana. uh, I I've I've listened to him talk about different topics in our state and, and he really has his, his hands on things. And, and, Really has a heart for the industry. So if you're if you're, you know, in any way, shape or form tied to the industry and you don't know him or you disagree with some of what he's his logic is. Uh, But I've heard him speak on this on a lot of this medical uh, or or, I'm sorry, the legalization, the recreational side of passing. And he he mentions a lot about uh, the medical program still has things that need ironed out. There's things in the medical program that uh, need to be fixed. There's things on the laws, ordinances, stuff like that. And I would agree. 100% 100% with him. Uh, I think it's, uh, is it too soon to put recreational in? As far as I'm concerned, yes. Is it? Is it something we should never do? No. I think at some point, sure, uh, when we reach that point. But I really think ironing out the bugs with the medical marijuana thing, uh, we don't want to just be a state that legalizes uh, a medical marijuana industry. And then because it passed, we pushed the initiative to legalize recreationally uh i I don't agree with that i think that's that's you're looking at other states that have done it: california uh oregon washington um we don't have to follow we can lead we can set we can make oklahoma's medical marijuana the leading standard in the nation by the way we implement the law and the program and allow it to play out and allow all the bugs to be worked out before we implement a recreational side for adults only uh, so I, on that aspect of, of recreational, I agree with him. Um, I, I don't think it should be a free for all. I think it, there's, there, you know, I, I, I hate for the lack of better term and some, you know, a lot of people probably shoot me for this comment, but I don't want to see people on the side of the road smoking. And on that note, I will put out there again, the F word. I believe in freedom. I believe you're free to go smoke all the pot you want to smoke on the side of the road, but I don't want my child seeing it until he's of age to be dealing with it. Uh, and uh, and then that becomes his freedom of choice. Uh, and I know that will happen. Uh, I drive down the road now, even with the medical marijuana uh, industry being legal, how it is. I drive down the road now and see or smell people smoking in their car with their windows cracked. I, I all the time, I think, well, we're in BA uh, over near the Ross, uh, near Harbor Freight. The other day, there's a dispensary over there. Man, you could smell it all the way down the sidewalk. Nothing wrong with that. Smelled good. But. I, I really don't, I don't really need my kid asking questions till he's ready to. Um, and, you know, if you can disagree with me, touch base with me, me, email me, message me. We can talk about it. We can have you on as a guest to talk about the pros and cons of anything I'm saying uh, or that you disagree with. But I just feel we can do better medically. Uh, we can set a standard in this state. Uh, I think uh, doing a recreational right now is kind of kind of jumping ahead of of where we're at. Uh, I think there's a lot of things we're we're hearing about and seeing in the industry processing, growing dispensaries. There's still a lot of issues going on with these places, as well as we really don't have a a good, solid government entity handling the medical marijuana program. The ones it's kind of been juggled around OMA and the health department and this and that. And I just don't think now is the time to go ahead and say, let's do recreational now that these guys can't figure it out on a state level and govern it. Let's go ahead and let's 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 just make it recreational and then, you know, let the government figure it out. Then uh, that's a big mistake. Uh, we've already got enough issues and the government up our butts on the medical program. I think we need to step back, take some time, get with good attorneys like Ron. When the time's right to really focus on the writing of a bill that would pass recreation that would make sense that would not damage or affect or repeal problems or issues or cause issues with 788 or the original medical marijuana amendments so that being said uh i am not an expert on law period uh so don't don't just quote me on these things that i'm discussing just look do your research uh reach out to good attorneys such as ron um, and, and just know your facts. But for those in the industry, we support you uh, Two party podcast. Again, I, I am pro pro cannabis pro medical marijuana. Uh, I have years and years of being, being around it growing up in it uh, pretty old school, just because I'm not fully in it right now. Uh, and haven't been in pretty, pretty much few years does not take away from, from some of the things, some of the things I've learned, a lot of you guys could, you know, I, I've forgotten most of what I've learned, not to say I don't know it and can't, uh, implement it, but there's a lot of people out there that I watch and see on some of these sites that, uh, I just cringe when I see techniques or procedures or things done. And it's like, wow, that's the gospel, huh? So Interesting enough, but this is, like I said, the Moore's Act is the thing I really wanted to talk about. I think that's a very interesting uh, topic that we need to get deeper into. Maybe have somebody on the show that's uh, uh, one of the leaders in the industry. Uh, I'd love to have Ron Durbin on. I'm going to try to reach out to him. I know he's a busy man, and I, I don't want to take away from his what, what he's doing in his work. So, But if I could get 20 minutes of his time or as much time as he would like to speak, I'd love to have him on the show to discuss the industry and his take on things and let you guys get to know him as uh, as the leader in the industry that he is in the Oklahoma's uh, medical marijuana program. But the Moore's act I think is, is an amazing thing to lift that federal ban and, and kind of, kind of, I guess, as we discussed in an earlier episode, repeal that the end, kind of the end of the drug war thing. Uh, we're going to get into more topics uh, about, and the end of the drug war. We're going to talk about some of the uh, psilocybin uh, Oregon and drug decriminalization acts. Uh, we're going to talk about that across the board. I, you know, those are things that are dear to my heart. I, I, again, being old school, I, I've been around the block a little bit. I know, I know a lot about these things, uh, the, the LSD, MDMA, things that are being used now, uh, and were then used medically or for medical treatments. They do help depression. They do help addiction. They do help with cluster headache sufferers, which I am one, uh, the, these, these tools, this medicine, natural, uh, some synthetic. Uh, These things are amazing tools for sufferers and and, and people that are uh, patients for cluster headaches, depression, addictions, uh, smoking uh, to to relieve smoking uh, addiction and stuff, drinking, alcoholism. These are all all things that for any medical industry or any government to not allow further research into, uh, to see if it helps one person, allow it to help one person lift the restrictions for the research lift the restrictions for uh some of this stuff uh, reschedule some of this stuff uh even if it is on a research and medical basis uh to give access so that we can we can maybe start leaning away uh, pulling away from what i consider the nightmare and probably the biggest curse our nation's ever seen which is our our big pharma uh pain medications uh, uh it it, the opioid epidemic has killed more people personally that i know friends best friends family uh insane that that we allow these pain clinics and, and these prescribers the doctors that prescribe this stuff on a mass level insane that we're not looking at these alternatives as medicine that they are and that they're proven to work for uh i know a lot of people just with medical marijuana that that have gotten off of opiates uh and literally can can control their addiction and and they broke the broke the chain and got away from the the opioids and uh were able to successfully break their addiction and not use pain meds and uh i i'm so for that i've never i i couldn't possibly be a bigger advocate toward being anti-opioid pain medicine addiction uh, I can talk to you about it all day long. I've lost too many friends, too many uh, people I loved to that addiction. Uh, just never was something I ever got into. I never felt a need for it. But the people I've seen fall around me just just die, overdoses, uh, accidental overdoses, just insane. That, that the, the the level of addiction you see in some of these people is just insane. So we'll talk about some of those things later too, and and more on you know some of these medical uh things that can just really medicinal marijuana medicinal lsd medicinal mdma these are all things that i'd love to have a chat with somebody about so that being said that's going to be it for this episode uh pretty short just trying to cut to the point kind of give you guys an update uh, i working on like i said we're really busy getting a lot of guest calls in trying to get record, uh, recorded and edited, working on some new intro promos, links, you know, commercial break type stuff, uh, just kind of things I want to get dialed in to make the show, get, give the show a little more quality. Uh, so bear with me if you're listening. Uh, we're working on different mics, so if my sound changes, you'll notice uh, one microphone I have is, is a good pro mic. The our studio works great, uh, sometimes it picks up more sound than you want, so I've changed over to a stereo version uh, of another uh, desktop touch style mic so if the sounds a little crazy i do apologize and i'd usually note that in the, in the descriptions of any of the audio and video where i put it so just bear with me as i get this dialed in uh, i promise to bring you guys uh, the best content the best guests we can get uh is, if they're willing to be on the show